0: Welcome to the Altered Podcast, where we honor God and the things He
1: does. Welcome to the Altered Podcast, where we honor God and the things He does. Hey, Hunter. Hi. Do you
0: want to hear a joke?
1: Sure. Dina, I love jokes. Knock knock. Who's there?
0: Interrupting chicken. Interrupting (laughs) chicken.
1: That's
2: right. That's right. Interrupting chicken.
1: I don't. I don't know how to respond to that. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Well, it
0: kind of goes along with what we're going to talk about today. It
1: does.
2: You know, I thought we were going to talk about worship.
0: Well, we were. COVID strikes
1: again.
2: I wish I had a dun dun dun. But would you say that
0: our life has been? Well, (laughs) Zach's life's been (laughs) interrupted.
1: Probably. Probably. So, yeah, so Zach and his uh, lovely family has fallen ill. So our worship uh, episode is going to have to wait to a further week. But we are still on track with Alex Kennedy next week to talk about evangelism.
2: Super stoked about that, by Um, the way. That's going to be so good. Yes. Fire is what that's going to be. So,
1: But in this, Ben and I was on the phone like we always are. I don't know how we get anything done. Uh,
2: it's because I drive and oh. talk to you,
1: and that's good. Yeah, that's how it rolls. So, <laughs> so we were on the phone again, and I said, "Hey Ben, what are we going to do?" Because Zach can't make it, and he was like, "Well, let's pray about it." And I was like, "Okay." So, I, you know me, <laughs>
2: that <laughs> I said, "Let's pray about it," but I don't think we ever prayed about it. I
1: mean, I did, and I game I came with further ideas after mm-hmm. I prayed about it and yep. went to church and the Praise spirit. Lord. Hallelujah. Mm-hmm. But we'll talk about that in a minute. Um, so I was talking to Ben, and I said, hey, Ben, what are we going to do? And Ben said, let's pray about it. Well, me being me, I can't wait that long. So I started throwing out ideas. <laughs> <laughs> For sure. And so I named ideas after idea. And I said, you know, this reminds me that God works in the interruptions of our life. And I said, I said oh,
2: that was really good.
1: I know. I said, so no matter what we pick, uh, God will work in the episode. And so then I named some more ideas and I'm like, Ben, why don't we just talk about God working in the the interruptions?
2: Yep. And I was like, that was so good. We should we should think about this some more. Yeah.
0: Ben came home and he was like telling me all about it. And I was like, you know what? Sometimes I think God's up, you know, wherever he's at. And he's like Wherever he is. (laughs) (laughs) Well he's everywhere. So like (laughs) Okay, I'll give you that. (laughs) Um you know, we come up with all these plans and everything, right? And uh, he's like, oh, look at them. They're so cute. You know, like <laughs> they don't know what the big plan is.
2: Yeah, And Hunter literally just said not exactly those words, but that concept on the phone when I was talking to him, too. So,
1: Well, and it's pretty cool um, because I was at church the next day. And I was sitting there and I was just thinking and we was praying at the end. And I was like, there's a lot of interruptions in the Bible, that God interrupts human plans. And I was like, this cannot just be one episode. So you are now going to see our new series. And don't freak out on me now, you OCD people out there, who is like, what happened to living that Christian life? All right. Living that Christian life is still here. All right. But we we're just uh, taking a small break from that. Because I was I said in the last episode, Living that Christian life is about over. Like that's not that our living our Christian <laughs> life is about over. Let's hope not. We
0: hit episode ten and we go rogue. <laughs> yeah.
1: But which were double digits. Woo. But I um wanted to say, hey, and yes, the Alter Podcast will hopefully be here for <laughs> that's years That's Kind of
0: the whole point of what we did the podcast.
1: <laughs> right. And so but in the in the meantime, we can also talk about God working in the interruptions and we can start using biblical characters like Moses, like Abraham, like Noah, like Joseph, like Mary, right? That's a big one. And Matthew, which is who we are talking about today. Mm -hmm. Um, and, And in those instances, and we can say, how did God move in those interruptions? Because as we saw, and we're sitting in the fellowship hall of our church right now because our basement of the church is absolutely... Uh, demolished because of construction, so there's an interruption there. Yep. We, we're we in the smack dad middle of football season uh, that I coached, and so we, we did something closer to my home. Uh, ben and Dina just started school in EKU Kai Alpha, so interruptions are all around right oh, now. Yeah. Oh, and yeah. So, But we have to be open to the Spirit to allow God to work in those interruptions. But in the meantime, as we are going to interrupt this podcast with an ad from our host,
2: and so Hunter, you were talking about how the Lord interrupts us. I hear you uh you went to a leadership conference sometime recently.
0: What happened there? I learned how to
1: lead. <laughs> <laughs>
2: Did any of it stick?
0: <laughs> That's the important question. <laughs> yeah.
2: You were telling me something about um that leadership conference so and the things that they taught. Mm-hmm. Um what was that, what was our your key speaker talking about there?
1: Um she talked a lot about prophecy. Um but the thing that stuck with me is the like the first line she said. Um, and that wasn't just the only thing I listened to, I promise. <laughs> uh Pastor Joe, if you're listening to
0: this. <laughs> These were the two seconds he listened. Uh,
1: <laughs> no, but she, she said something that really stuck to me because we all work secular jobs in the on the altar podcast. Um she said leadership qualities that we will learn in the secular world, we try to bring into the church. And we tried to run the church as a CEO mentality organization, and it's not. We should be using leadership skills that the Bible talks about, and that comes from listening to the Spirit. Mm.
0: That's really good.
2: It's really good. And, uh, you know, if if the Spirit is interrupting some of the things that you're doing, some of the programs you're doing in church, some of that kind of stuff, it's actually probably a better thing than any of your plans could have been. Because, as Dina said just a minute ago, we make plans, and God goes, oh, how cute. Now let me actually make it good. Right.
1: <laughs> <laughs> now, and that made me think about, my, like, how how are us as Christians leading in our secular job? We should not be leading like other people are leading. It's true. We should be, I should not be leading at work, because um, we're all leaders in, in a sense, right? I'm not leading people, I don't want to lead people at work in the secular mentality. I want to do it in the spirit mentality. I don't want to lead the football team I coach in the human mentality. I want to lead it in the spirit mentality. And I don't want to lead here at church in secular mentality because why would you? That literally does not make sense. And when she said that, I was like, that is a good idea. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And I'm like, why has that never, ever stuck?
0: Well, and any time that you get into any of those like secular world leadership conferences, it seems like every single year... There's a new acronym. There's a new, like, catchphrase because everything that they come up with, they end up finding a flaw in it somewhere because it's not necessarily perfect. Yeah, so,
2: yeah. so let the one who's perfect lead us. That's what you're saying. Yes. That's good.
1: It is very good. It's very good. So in this, um, we are talking about God works in the interruptions um, of our life. And that we are not now, I don't want to clarify real quick, right off the bat. I am not saying that God only works in interruptions of our life. But when there's an interruption, we need to have faith that God knows what he's doing. Yep.
2: And that he's not surprised, like we talk about all the time, yeah. by anything that happens. Because mm-hmm.
0: it may be an interruption to us, but to him? It's just Tuesday. That's, yeah. <laughs>
1: <laughs> and so. I was plan all along. Yeah. So, in this, we're talking about Matthew, because um, like I said, we're going to talk about multiple biblical figures, all the way down to Paul, to all the disciples, right, to some of the major prophets, and, and Noah, and Abram, and Abraham, and may, maybe Adam, and <laughs> I, I mentioned Abel yesterday, and been cracked. <laughs> He's like, that rock was a very big interruption. <laughs> that was Yeah, that was the biggest interruption he,
2: well, he experienced in his life.
1: Um, but, um just to be clear, I think this is gonna be a great little series that can really honor God and make us think, well, wow, interruptions in our life are not not a bad thing all always,
2: yeah, and we'll probably interweave them as we go, right, right. We'll, well, this yeah. isn't
1: gonna be a back to back you know uh you're not gonna see probably five of these episodes back to back, but they'll be interwoven in the next year or so, yeah, um, so in this. We're going to talk about Matthew and how God, how Jesus interrupted Matthew's life for the better. Um, And then we're also going to talk about how God has interrupted, or how there's been interruptions in our life and we have seen God move in those. Um, So you'll hear a little bit of a personal experience from us. Um, And this is kind of just a big overview of this new beautiful series. And then we'll have Hunter's Random Question and we'll move on and I don't think we've mentioned this. I think Dina said it for just a second. This is episode ten, people.
0: Yeah, it be is. excited. Go ahead and scream "yeah" in the car.
2: <laughs> yeah. Woo woo. We, we won't scream "yeah" on the microphone. Yeah, Wait, but this is sit. a milestone, y'all. It's I mean, this is ten episodes. This is, in my opinion, this is gold land. And in every uh, podcast that I see that kind of like twitters off, not twitters off, but you know, like, <laughs> it's like fades stops, away. yeah, fades away. There you go. There That's you what go. <laughs> Twitter, Twitter. Um, yeah, <laughs> I don't know. Um, I'm tired y'all. Well, <laughs> school just started. We're doing welcome We've week at EKU. Had day
0: two of the kids.
2: <laughs> anyway, um, and <laughs> every and every podcast that I see, that Twitter's off. That's how I'm going to say it.
0: Twitter's off. That sounds dirty.
2: Oh well, sorry. Oh uh, okay. uh, that, that anyway. Oh my gosh. The point is, they usually stop around episode eight or nine. Some of them make it at ten. None of them that I see make it any farther than that. So milestone, right here. And we already have one planned for next time. So we know that we'll get episode 11 in.
0: Well, and we have another one planned. It's just Zach's got to get better.
2: Yeah.
1: Well, and every YouTuber that you listen to about starting a podcast, they call it pod fate. Yep. Um, You get about to episode five or six. And the work, they don't realize how much work it is. And we didn't either. We was kind of warned by some friends of ours who do podcasts. I mean, editing is exhausting. Setting up for these, staying up till. 10, 11 o'clock recording, I mean, and then we dro- then some of us drive 30 minutes home. Yeah. I mean, it gets to be exhausting when you work 40 hours a week and you do a ministry and you yeah. have families, And but I think this is something that God really has called us to do, um, to be faithful in, even if the numbers aren't always great, which they have been. God has blessed Man. us in multiple ways, but that's a big thing I've been ex- just kind of feeling in my heart, that no matter what, just be faithful in the small things and He will bless those. Right, So. Right. Um, the devil will try to interrupt, but God will move in those interruptions. Yep. So, speaking of interruptions, we're going to jump into Matthew, which I know we're we're starting in Matthew chapter nine. Uh, so, if you want to flip your Bibles to them, or just listen, uh, just <laughs> hang on, just hang on to your steering real steering real real tight. <laughs> uh, please don't do that. <laughs> I mean, if you're in the car, please hang
2: on. To <laughs> please please, don't, please flip. don't flip to your Bible at the same time. <laughs> <laughs>
1: so Dina or, or uh, Ben, or whoever wants to read it. Matthew 9, 9 through 13. Um, and go.
0: As Jesus passed on from there, he saw a man called Matthew sitting at the tax booth. And he said to him, follow me. And he rose and followed him. And as Jesus reclined at the table, at table, yeah. at table. but sinners.
1: That was lovely. Good job. Thank I'm
2: you. telling you, Dina's going to be doing voiceovers one day for <laughs> big companies. <laughs> that and would be us.
0: awesome. I would love to be a professional reader. That was beautiful.
1: So number one, let me, let's get this ADD train <laughs> back on
0: the track. <laughs> Interruptions. Uh, get it back on the track.
1: <laughs> uh, number one, Jesus calls Matthew from the
2: tax booth. He does. Um, so yeah, so when we look at, at Matthew chapter nine, what we are seeing is we're seeing the only glimpse of Matthew In the Bible. We don't see anything else about Matthew's life other than him listed in the list of the apostles. So when we look at the life of Matthew, this is it. This is the whole thing. Mm -hmm. But there's something amazing about Matthew that we will get to as we go through this. Now, Jesus does call Matthew from the tax booth. What does that mean for Matthew, though? What does he do? He goes.
1: Yeah, he does. If
2: we're going to talk about interruptions in our lives... I think the first lesson that we need to absolutely make clear is that if God interrupts your life with something or if God uses the interruption in your life for something, you need to listen to God and follow him in whatever, whatever he does in that moment.
1: And sometimes I think the interruption is so bold uh, that you kind of have no choice. I mean, that's what happened with yeah. Matthew. Yeah. Um, and he was like, yo, Matthew. You know, if you ever watch The Chosen, it kind of mm-hmm. makes me really think about what happened because Matthew's been thinking about this man who he's heard do these miracles around and around, and uh, Matthew's like, who is this guy? Yeah. And then he's like, he called me by name. You know, a tax collector, he he called me. Um, I'm going to drop everything I'm doing and go. Yeah, And that's amazing.
2: You know what just dawned on me while you were talking about that? So we're going to talk about this later, but in the book of Matthew, Matthew is called after the Sermon on the Mount. Yet, when we look at the Sermon on the Mount, which is probably the most complete work of Jesus' teachings in the whole thing, that would have happened before Matthew was called as a tax collector. That means Matthew was probably paying attention to the teachings of Jesus long before he was actually called.
1: Mm -hmm.
2: That's interesting.
1: Well, and we know that Matthew was a massive note taker, right? That's how we have the book of Matthew, which is one of the most detailed writings uh, that we have of the gospel and Jesus' teachings and things like that. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, we hear about things even before his calling. So there's a reason that it doesn't start with the calling of Matthew. It starts, there's eight chapters before it. Yeah. Um, Matthew obviously knows something about it. Um, what does Matthew lose in the calling process?
2: Now, this is going to be the big thing, because often in our lives, when we think about interruptions, you know, I, so in, in my Bible app, today, it popped up and it was, it was, <clears throat> there was this, um, it's the verse of the day, right? It always gives me notification and it says, hey, this is your verse. And so I, man, I love the verse of the day. It's just a nice little encourager right in the middle of the whole thing. Today's though was Proverbs 22, four. It says the reward for humility and fear of the Lord. Now listen to this is riches, honor, and life. Hmm. If there is, there is no more like, Name it, claim it, prosperity gospel verse than that, right? (laughs) And so we have to remember that Proverbs, they're not they are not promises. Proverbs are they're teaching literature, but it's really a book of wisdom.
1: And Dina has a great name for those. (laughs) What is that?
0: (laughs) It's like the fortune cookie of the Bible.
2: Yeah, it really is. You could you could take all the snippets of Proverbs, put them in fortune cookies, and you have biblical fortune cookies. (gasps) Interesting fundraiser
0: (laughs) (laughs) next week's app app is going to be something about like (laughs) thank you for listening to the alder podcast Hmm. if you'd like to purchase some proverbs fortune cookies (laughs)
2: if you'd like to purchase christian fortune cookies you can buy them here dina can you make fortune cookies taste good
0: uh i can probably
2: she's like challenge accepted anyway back to what we were talking about so proverbs are wisdom passages They're not promises. And so when we read this, the reward for humility and fear of the Lord is riches, honor, and life. But when we see the the story of Matthew, he left riches and honor in his life in this interruption. One of the things Matthew lost was a successful business. Now, this may not have been a successful business in terms of what God would want, but it was lucrative. He made money. Off of money, this. Money, money. That's right. Money. I mean, he made the money off of this thing because tax collectors, one of the reasons why they were hated so bad by the Jews was because not only were they working with the Roman government, but anything that they made above and beyond what taxes the Roman government said that they had to charge, they got to keep. So they would charge all kinds of stuff. They would charge, it's like your phone bill. You look at your phone bill, and it's like the Verizon, I'm going to take money from you, charge. And the, you know, whatever.
0: AT&T ain't talking today.
2: Yeah, they ain't talking today. Surcharge. Surcharge, yeah. the We're going to make sure that you can talk for a little bit today, surcharge, (laughs) you know. That's what happened with the tax collectors. They were always charging extra so that they could make extra. He left a lucrative business where he made the money. Now, if you look at that passage that we just read, Matthew probably had a big house because, as you saw,
0: A big, big
2: house. (laughs) Lots and lots of room. He had a big, big house because he had tax collectors and sinners, it says, eating in there with him and Jesus and all of the people that Jesus had called up to this point. Were there 12? We don't know. But there was more than just Jesus. We know that. He also must have had some money because he fed a bunch of people on the fly. Now, back in those days, you didn't just go to Walmart. There was no Walmart pickup order. You're not just like, hey, (laughs) I'm going to go buy some ramen noodles for everybody, and we're going to have a meal. No.
0: No instant pots. No
2: instant No. He went to the market. How would, it would have had to have probably had some servants. Now, it doesn't say that, but he probably had to because if you prepare a feast for a whole bunch of people on the fly like that, you probably had to have some people to help you. So he probably had some servants, and we know that he had enough money to feed a whole bunch of people in a short time. So he was making the money. He had the big house, and he left all of that behind, at a simple call from a man named Jesus.
1: You know, we never talk about what it costs to follow Christ. That's really true. Um, we always talk about the great things, and we always talk about, uh, you know, what the benefits are. And trust me, the benefits always, always, always outweigh the um, what you have lost, but... You never get to hear about what people have lost. And Matthew lost riches. Matthew lost status with Rome. Matthew lost money. Matthew lost security. Matthew lost power. Mm -hmm. And we'll talk about more in a minute.
2: Yeah, he would have been a powerful individual. I mean, just the fact that he was making money for the Roman government meant that Roman soldiers would have been looking out for him all the time. Because people wanted to kill those tax collectors. They hated them. He lost a whole bunch of power and influence right there.
1: And Matthew lost something he was good at. Yeah, Matthew was good at numbers. Right, Matthew. That's why they chose Matthew to be a tax collector. Yeah, they don't choose somebody who's dyslexic (laughs) and and doesn't know what two plus two equals to be a tax collector. They they pick somebody who did very well in school, who overachieved, and who was very who everybody was like this kid is brilliant. And then they went after him, them and picked them to be tax collectors because they did not want somebody screwing up Rome's money. Right uh, the the prefect of the area did not want to go back to the emperor and being like, "Yeah, we're you know however many thousand dollars short or whatever the Rome's currency yeah. was, but we don't want to be thousand dollars short," you know. And then the emperor would be like, "Well, off with your head because you're an idiot." Yep. So th- the tax collector was important, and Matthew. Seemed to be great at it and successful because we see that he had money and a house and, but there's things that he didn't have.
2: Yeah. Now, th- does the Bible talk about us counting the cost of being a disciple? Oh, hundred percent, hundred percent. Luke 14 actually talks about it. And he says in Luke 14:25, it says, "Now great crowds accompanied him." This is talking about Jesus again. And he turned and said to them, If anyone comes to me and does not hate his own father and mother and wife and children and brothers and sisters, yes, and even his own life, he cannot be my disciple. Whoever does not bear his own cross and come after me cannot be my disciple. For which of you, desiring to build a tower, does not first sit down and count the cost, whether he has enough to complete it? Otherwise, when he has laid a foundation and is not able to finish, all who see it begin to mock him, saying, This man began to build and was not able to finish. Or what king, going out to encounter another king in war, will not sit down first and deliberate whether he is able with 10,000 to meet him who comes against him with 20,000? And if not, while the other is yet a great way off, he sends a delegation and asks for terms of peace. So therefore, any of you who does not renounce all that he has cannot be my disciple.
1: So let me ask you a question. Sure. Does the Bible here call us to hate our (laughs) parents?
2: No. No, actually, the Bible is very clear that we should honor our father and mother. However... What it does call us to do is to love Jesus more than anything else.
1: Right. So if my wife looks at me, and she listens to these, so yeah. um, if my wife looks at me and she says, Hunter, it's me or your relationship with Christ, yep. then that means that Jesus is calling and saying, hey, my, your dwelling with me, your relationship with me should mean more to you than the relationship with your wife, than with your parents, than with your children, yep. than with your friends your work status, your power status in life, how people look at you, your reputation. Um, It is not about these things anymore. That's what that verse is saying. Yep, that's exactly right. But
0: hopefully, Hunter, you're living a Christian life that if she wouldn't even get to that point of being like, me or Jesus.
2: (laughs) Yeah, true. But, you know...
1: (laughs) I was about to make a joke, but she'd kill me.
2: (laughs) But, you know, we see this... In other places in the world, especially, where people are, you know, it's it's um, it's turn from Christ or be killed. It's turn from Christ or literally lose everything that you have. One day, the Bible prophesies that an antichrist will come, and he'll demand us to turn from Christ or we cannot buy or sell. We cannot work. We cannot earn money. We can't own property. We can't do any of those things. At the end of the day, we have to count the cost and say, is that worth it? The Bible calls us to count the cost and say, is it worth anything that could happen to me before I get saved even, before I become a disciple of Christ? Is it worth whatever could happen? The girlfriend who who won't date me anymore because I just became a Christian. the The job that I talk about Jesus and get fired from because I love Christ more than I love my work. Anything that could come in the way of Jesus has to go.
1: Or the Muslim who lives in... Uh, Saudi Arabia, whoever who yeah. who found Christ, yeah. or Christ found them and said, "Hey, I, I love Jesus," and their parents are like, "Get out!" Yeah, and if you don't, we'll turn you over to whoever we need to. Yeah, because you've disgraced our family name. Yeah, that I, happens all the time. It
2: does. I just I just listened to a, a podcast called Recorded, and in it, it there's this episode called I think it's called Escape from Kabul, and in it, it's about these these people who become Christian. And then the government finds out, and they, these people are in Afghanistan. And so even when the U.S. was technically kind of in control of Afghanistan, you know, you still had the Afghan government, and it was still illegal to become a proselyte of Christ. If you were Muslim, it was illegal for you to convert. And so these people converted to Christ and then went out and told their friends, and their friends got converted to Christ, and on and on it went. And as the church grew, the government took notice. And so it it was so much of a crime that they sent the police to this guy's house to get him. And when they did so, they were going to separate his wife and children. And when they looked at his wife, and um, there's a there's a moment in the podcast where somebody tells the wife, just tell them you don't know what he was doing. Otherwise, they'll take your children from you. They'll put them in another family, and you two will go to the death chamber. That is real faith. Mm-hmm. And Jesus calls us to love him more than anything else. And so Matthew, back to what we were talking about, Matthew has a cost associated with following Christ, and he absolutely goes through with this whole thing. He he leaves the tax booth right there and goes and follows Jesus. And the crazy part about that is all those Roman soldiers saw him following Christ everywhere Jesus went because there were always Roman soldiers around, and they knew who Matthew was.
1: Well, that's a perfect segue into saying, so guess Matthew lost things in the in the interruption, um, but what did he gain?
2: Man, that's the question. You know,
1: and I just and like you said, Matthew is not this something this character that we hear uh, tons about. Yeah, um, this is not a uh, somebody who is referred to a lot like Paul or or even Luke or Timothy. Yeah. Um, or Peter, and he's not one even one of these disciples that we hear about all the time. Yeah. So we're taking this minute detail yeah. in scripture. Yeah. And we're able to pull these things that were gained out of an interruption. This is how I, a a interruption from God that's only a couple of verses in the Bible, how it is literally a, a miracle. Yeah. Um, you know what's Oh, so, no, so what did he gain yeah. uh, is what, what I was going to end off that with.
2: Yeah, so what's what's crazy about this, too, um, just to kind of, I feel like, finish your thought for me, um, <laughs> <laughs> is, uh, is Matthew writes the Gospel of Matthew, and yet if, if I was writing the Gospel of Ben, I would have put a whole bunch of stuff in there about me. You know what, what I mean? about
0: you, Ben? Well,
2: I, I'm just saying, like, <laughs> it's my experience, so I'm going to write a whole bunch of stuff about me. There is one story about Matthew in the Gospel of Matthew, and it's his conversion story, and it's about five verses long. This would have been, it seemingly at least, the pinnacle moment in Matthew's life. Mm-hmm. And, so yes, what does he gain? Salvation. Yep. Big, big gain.
1: I mean, yeah, he, he gained eternity. Mm-hmm.
2: Um, Hunter was having a p- Pentecostal moment right before this. He was like, "And he gained everything. He may have lost a bunch, <laughs> but he gained so much more." I mean, Hunter was having a fit. I was ready for him to have a fit again.
0: Start running around the fellowship. Hall. Yeah, <laughs>
1: we should really <laughs> record the precepts <laughs> <laughs> We should record our planning meetings. Yes. Uh, and and Ben, you wrote this: a relation. He gained a relationship with the Creator. Yeah, which, which he, he
0: probably didn't have much of one before.
1: Yeah, he knew he went to Hebrew school. So had to?: have. Yeah, so he knew the Torah, he knew you know, the, the, the books of Moses, and he knew about God, which we see a lot today. People know about God, but that does not mean you are saved. It does not mean you have salvation. Mm-hmm. Um, he also gained a brotherhood, mm-hmm. which he did not have before.
2: Yeah Now you had some interesting facts about that. Tell us a little bit about that.:
1: So just think, he's a tax collector. He's a traitor to the Jewish people. Matthew did not have friends. His family abandoned him because he was a tax collector. That He was a disgrace to their name, um, which is another thing he lost was his name. And he lost his family because he decided to have money and power and influence. But he gained a relationship with every other disciple and every other believer, even if he met them or not. He gained a brotherhood. He gained a family in Christ, and he gained um, this this connection that he was, I feel like probably craving for because he had to have been lonely. Yeah, I mean, you're you're hated by everyone. Imagine setting up a booth on EKU campus. <laughs> this probably could be considered the bookstore. <laughs> <laughs> um, probably, <laughs> and 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 you sit there. And just because they go to the school, they have to pay this tax, and you are the one who is doing it. And you're the one who, maybe you may not have implemented it, but you are the one who is is the one taking the money, and then you're benefiting, you're gaining power and influence, and you're even charging a surplus for yourself to go to take home in your own pocket. So, and people know this. People know what the taxes are, and people know that you're adding on to it, and if you don't, they're going to get arrested. He's hated, absolutely hated, and he and everybody would love to see him dead. I mean, these Jews, I'm telling you, they were very, you know, honor was everything. Um. So when he and then Jesus, the the creator, the Messiah, the one to come to save, um, his people, stopped out of every other Pharisee and Jew and that he could have chose from, he chose the tax collector. Who was lonely, and who um, Christ knew had a call in his life. He interrupted Matthew's seemingly great life with money and power and all these good stuff. Um, and well, hey, Christ interrupted, and he said, "Come with me." And Matthew accepted. He had so he gained salvation, brotherhood, and a relationship with the Creator.
0: Yeah, he had a greater calling. He was called by the world to one thing. He was called by God to do so much more.
2: That's a good point. And so, <clears throat> what did Matthew gain? You know, we we've talked about what he lost, and he did lose his name. What was Matthew's actual name? Do anybody know? Does anybody Probably remember?
0: like Jed. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
2: Let me come and listen to a story about a man named Jim. Was it Levi? <laughs> it was Levi, it was. <laughs> yeah, his name was Levi. Um, and actually what's funny about that is that the apostles, in, in one of the commentaries by John Gill that I think it was John Gill that we talked about. Anyway, in one of the commentaries we read, um it talked about the fact that Matthew's name was actually Levi, and they changed his name because he would have been so hated, as you said, that later, especially after Jesus was gone. But they would have been like, hey, this is Levi the tax collector. And people would have been like, I hate that guy. And so they changed his name <laughs> to protect the innocent, you know. Um,
1: <laughs> he's in the tax collector witness
2: protection program. Right. <laughs> the, yeah, the Jesus the Jesus protection program.
0: That's what the apostles actually stood for was protection services.
2: Yeah. So he lost his name. And like Dina said, he, he may have been called <laughs> Levi. He may have been called by the world to one thing. But he had a different name by Jesus and a different calling that
1: was so much bigger. Well, and he gained, and we talked about this last last week, he gained a new identity. Yeah. Just like each and every one of us who oh, are believers in Christ. That's good. Gain a new identity. It's, And I say this all the time. It's not about you anymore. It's about Christ. And that was Matthew's thing. It's not about all the wrong he did. It's not about all the people he screwed over. It's not all about the... Uh, what, what was... <laughs> Ben's face cracked me up. <laughs>
2: he was like, all the people he screwed over. I mean, he Tell did. us how you really feel. I mean,
1: honey. <laughs> <laughs> when have I never been blunt on this podcast? Tree death. tree <laughs> <laughs> um, So, but he just, he has this reputation to be a hated man, and Jesus says, it's no more. I'm yep. wiping the slate clean.
2: As Jesus does with every one of us.
1: And this interruption <laughs> literally makes... Matthew, Levi, a new being. He interrupted Levi's life, and he walked out Matthew. That's crazy.
2: Yep. So we've talked about what he lost. We've talked about what he's gained. Now let's talk about how God used that interruption to benefit his kingdom because it's all about him. So what happened? What was the first thing? that, that How did God use that?
1: Well, he wrote a book of the Bible. That's a big one. Yep. I, I like the book of Matthew, and I feel comfortable enough saying this because our church, Real Life Community Church, um, will still be on the series of Matthew because Pastor Chris <laughs> is on, like... <laughs> We'll be on that for the rest of. the year. When did we even
0: start that? Uh, That's forever
1: ago. We're on like part forty-two and like <laughs> only in chapter eleven yeah. or twelve.
2: Well, I mean, I think Galatian had like Galatians had like forty-two parts, and it's like four chapters. <laughs> so, so Matthew has twenty-eight chapters. This is going to be a long. time. You know time. what
1: though? So, it's, a, it's a great thing about having a pastor who preaches through book by book true. and verse by verse yeah. because you get. I mean, yeah, it's going to take forever, but you get the you get the Bible as a whole. Yeah.
0: Uh, I don't know. I was just going to say, come on, Pastor Chris. <laughs>
1: <laughs> um. So yeah, so he wrote um, a great, great gospel um, that we see very detailed. We see every, uh, or the whole teaching of the Sermon on the Mount that we do not see in any other book. Nope. Um, we see a smidgen of it. What is it in the Book of Luke? Luke, yeah. Um, and but it's not, it's not in the detail that Matthew has. Um, we see the and, and the great thing about. Um, the Sermon on the Mount, is this is the teaching that Jesus went around to towns and he was teaching people. Yep. So we got to experience out uh, from the book of Matthew to the teaching of Jesus Christ while he was on earth. Right. Without that, we would not have known what exactly he was teaching. Yep. Um, and so because of the calling, because of the interruption of Matthew's life, We understand now what the creator of the universe wanted us to know and wanted people to know back back in his time that, hey, Matthew, you may have had a terrible past, but I'm going to use your future for
0: greatness. Yeah. And we get to see the whole message of Jesus' earthly ministry through this one book.
2: Yeah. It's crazy. Yeah. Everything that Jesus taught right here, all in a nutshell.
1: And, And you see every other gospel funnels back into Matthew and pulls from Matthew, parts of Matthew out. And Mark, but...
2: Well, I was going to say, most of the, most people would agree that they, they pull from Mark, and they kind of branch out from there.
1: Right, but, it's, but Matthew is like, it's so detailed. It's like, it's hard to not hit a quote from that. You're like, oh, well, I read funny. that in Matthew. Yeah.
2: <laughs> yeah, when I... So, the Gospel of Matthew, we've talked about this before, is my favorite gospel. One of the reasons why it is so is because it contains so many of the prophecies about Christ. Um, Matthew is so detailed and goes back so much into the old testament that that's why I recommend it to people we talked about this last time and time before um but it <laughs> it's so big to me because when you read Matthew it the the old testament history and the old testament is so well represented it's so richly there that it makes me want to go back and read old testament passages
0: something uh I just was thinking about we keep saying the word like detailed 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 do you think that he included so many more specific details with because he was a tax collector and had to pay attention to all of those like little specific details,
1: oh, I say that is a uh a definite key if you go watch and I am chosen a few of my sponsors after this if you if you want to go watch the chosen um uh, season one really shows the call to matthew the call of Matthew and the call of all the disciples, but it focuses it on Matthew on how he's just a little different. um I feel like they almost give him an autistic. Uh, point of view that he is so um, he has such an attention to detail mm-hmm. that it, it almost makes him odd and that's why he stands out from people and people just thought he was weird in general but he writes everything down and that's just how he lived his life He uh, people tried to uh, tell him no this is not how many how much taxes I owed and he's like no I had this written down here at this time <laughs> at this date for because I wrote it down I'm that you know particular. And I think, obviously, God knew that. And God uses, and like we talked about last week, our earthly skills, God uses those for his greatness. Last
2: kind of thing for me on this, um, as you read through this short passage of Matthew's life, it says, and as Jesus reclined at the table in the house, people many tax collectors and sinners came and were reclining with Jesus and his disciples. And when the Pharisees saw this, they said to his disciples, why does your teacher eat with tax collectors and sinners? But when he heard it, he said, those who are well have no need of a physician, but those who are sick. Go and learn what this means. I desire mercy and not sacrifice. For I came not to call the righteous, but sinners. We've talked about how Matthew gained salvation, how Matthew gained a calling. But do you know where that quotation comes from when Jesus says, I desire mercy and not sacrifice? one of the places, and this is where I just came out of, which is why it was fresh on my memory, um in daily readings, I have now finished the old testament, but Hosea six six has that very quotation. In Hosea six, and I love I loved Hosea, but it was kinda like it, there was a lot. It was a it was a it was a what I call a brain baker. It would <laughs> bake your brain as you read it sometimes. But in Hosea six five he says uh or I'm sorry, in six six he says, For I desire mercy not sacrifice, and acknowledgement of God rather than burnt offerings. As at Adam, they have broken the covenant. They were unfaithful to me there. And then he goes on and he talks about all of these things that they've done. But what does God desire? What does God even focus on? He focuses on the fact that he desires mercy and not sacrifice. He desires to be more merciful than he desires for somebody to be religious. Hmm. He desires for people to have a relationship with him, and that's what Matthew gives him. Matthew is dedicated to Jesus. Therefore, how did God use the interruption in Matthew's life to benefit his kingdom? Not only did Matthew answer the call, but then look what he does. He calls his friends, and he says, hey, you're coming to my house, and Jesus is going to sit there, and he's going to eat with us. And I guarantee Jesus had religious um, religious conversations. <laughs> he had um, <laughs> spiritual conversations with these people out of that. Now, did the religious people have an issue with it? Yes. But Jesus even addresses that. I desire mercy and not sacrifice. Go and learn what this means. How did God use that interruption? He used it to call sinners to repentance. Mm. One of the big things that he uses, he calls us to do all the time. It's funny that the, the last thing, the literally last thing that Matthew says in his own gospel as he uses the Great Commission, go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to obey all that I have commanded. And behold, I will be with you always,
1: to the end of the age. Well, how many times have you seen God interrupt a church service for one person? Oh yeah,
2: so many times.
0: As we've been talking about this, it made me think of you know we talked about Proverbs being the fortune cookie of the mm. of the Bible, but Proverbs nineteen verses twenty one through twenty three. Many are the plans in the mind of a man, but it is the purpose of the Lord that will stand. What is desired in a man is steadfast love, and a poor man is better than a liar. The fear of the Lord leads to life, and whoever has it rests satisfied. He will not be visited by harm.
1: I guess that brings us into this question uh, here. How has God worked in the interruptions of your life?
2: Mm. So... I was on a path, right? When I was a kid, I got or God, God took me to church. God took me to church, yes. <clears throat> but mom took me to church when I was a kid, right? She was one of those that we were in church on Sundays, for sure, and on Wednesdays often, and Sunday evening, because we had Sunday evening church back then. We were in church all the time, and yet as I got older, I started to hit that rebellion phase. I was on a path that would have led me away from that entirely, except God got a hold of me through a speeding ticket. Now you say, that's silly, Ben. Well, yeah, it is, but that's what God used, and it sure did work. God got hold of me through a speeding ticket and called me to salvation at a youth convention in that very same weekend, that very next day. How did God use the interruption of a speeding ticket in my life? He used it to break down my walls enough that I would cry out to him for help. And when I did, he answered. in The best way that I could have ever desired. God not only did that, but fast forward just a little bit after that, I'm walking through EKU campus, and I, I was a freshman. I hadn't been on campus but three or four weeks. And as I'm walking through, there are these Gideons that are just standing in and, and the free speech area, and they're handing little those little green Bibles out to people. And as I'm walking, a guy hands me this little green Bible, and I'm like, oh, you know. Uh, and I thought to myself, oh, I'm a Christian, but I'll take it. I mean, that's cool. You know, they're handing them out. And I even told the guy, hey, I'm a Christian. I have my own. He's like, ah, oh, just take it. So I took it. And walking along. And as I'm, as I'm walking, I think to myself, wow, that would be so cool to work for God all the days of your life. You know, people, they, they tell you when you go to college, you know, you want to pick a job that doesn't feel like work. And I'm like, you know, and I'm, I'm walking and I'm thinking about my, my career choice, uh, mm-hmm. which is not the path that I'm on now. But I'm thinking about my career choice and the classes that I'm taking, and I'm going, man, God, that would be so cool to work for you instead of work for some boss or whatever, some secular guy. And I, I don't know what people believe about this. I really don't care because all I can say is what I experienced. I believe that the audible voice of the Lord, I heard it in that moment, and I heard him say, you will. And I just kept walking. It didn't, I, it didn't click with me for a moment. That I just heard the audible voice of the Lord until I sat down in my next class, which was a world history class. I'm holding this green Bible. I sit down in world history and all of a sudden I go, you will. And I start to panic. What do you mean you will? What is, what are you, wait a minute, where did that voice come from? And so I sit there and I have this panic moment in world history. And this guy, he's standing up there talking about, I don't know, the Greeks or something. I'm not real sure. Doesn't matter. I was freaking out about the Lord right there. And so
0: Someone's sitting next to Ben going, wow, he's really into this. And uh, Well, but,
2: but the funny part was I think I'm holding that Bible in my hand the whole time, so I'm probably like waving it around like
1: this because,
0: like, you know, I
2: talk with my hands, as Dina likes to point out. And so I'm probably like, oh, you know, and like know whatever. you all
0: are missing a great show. Like he's over here just acting out the whole time. And he's like.
2: I mean, it looks like I'm sword fighting in the air kind of. But That's why the, we
0: had to invest in boom stands. Yeah, well, and
2: I've already hit it once. The Hunter looked at me like, I hate you because <laughs> he's going to edit this in a minute. Um but at the end of all of that, how did God use interruptions in my life? He used it to save my very soul, and he used it to call me to his calling, which was to pastor his people. And, man, what uh, what grace and how mm-hmm. thankful I am that he interrupted my life to do those things.
1: God works in the interruptions. Yeah, buddy.
0: I have a lot of interruptions that I could probably talk about, but probably the one that stands out the most in my mind. Uh, You know, I grew up in Indiana, and so I didn't really plan on coming to a Kentucky college. I just, I I don't know.
2: So glad you did, by the way.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I don't know. I just wanted to stay in Indiana because you want to stay in your home state, right? And so we went and took a tour at, at Ball State, and... Uh, my mom had some bad uh, knees, and so, uh, I don't know, just the whole uh, tour that we went on was, uh, it wasn't the greatest. The uh, tour guide even told my mom, said, if you can't keep up, why don't you just go back to the car? You know, and so that was that was really rude for it to be like a college tour to see if this is where we want to go. So everybody who was in our tour group just left at those that moment. northern
1: people. <laughs> <laughs> Do what? So those northern people can be rude. <laughs>
0: sometimes they can. (laughs) not
2: That guy's no longer a tour guide, I bet. It
0: was a girl, but, you know. Oh, she's (laughs) fine. Anyway, so, and, you know, my mind had kind of almost been made up that that is where I wanted to go. Like, I turned in everything. I got accepted and and all of that, Um, but that, you know, really put a bad taste in my mouth, and I think that, you know, the Lord had something to do with that, and so, um my dad my mom was adamant for me to apply to EKU because I had some cousins that went to EKU and and liked it and everything and so I was like sure whatever like you know I'll I'll do it to make you happy but I don't plan on going there but it's always good to have other options you know so I filled it out and it was the shortest of all the applications that I had to (laughs) fill out for all the others and uh so there was something that came in the mail. And my dad is like, oh, this looks like something with a college tour. Do you want to go tour it? And I was like, no. But he filled it out anyway. So we go to this tour um, at EKU. And, you know, I thought it was kind of odd because it was a different setup than the other colleges that we had went and toured. And so we're sitting in, uh, I think it was in one of the auditoriums, uh I don't remember which one, maybe in Combs, but, um, and so we're sitting there and they start talking about uh, signing up for classes and stuff like that, that that was one of the things like the students would be doing. And I look over at him and I'm like, um, what? (laughs) I was like, I don't think this is just a tour. I think this is orientation, like where I signed up for classes. And I was like, can we go? And he goes, we are not getting up right now. He's like you what he said i'll make you a deal you just f- take classes this semester <laughs> and if you don't like it you can go wherever you want after that hmm. and i was like i mean you aren't paying for it so okay <laughs>
2: <laughs> praise the lord for lloyd killian
0: because
2: <laughs> without him i would have never met his own daughter
0: well and and with that um i mean i think i probably would have joined a campus ministry on campus still but um My cousin was the one who brought me to, you know, Chi Alpha, and that is my, you know, salvation story with that, if you listen to episode three.
2: (laughs) Her salvation story, and then that's still the ministry she works in today.
1: Where she met her husband.
2: Where she met her husband. Which we've
1: met all of our spouses. Like, all people sitting around this table have met their spouses because of Chi Alpha, which is kind of crazy. It is. Uh, It's really
0: cool when you look back. At all the people that you know from Chi Alpha and how Chi Alpha has impacted so many lives yeah well and you
1: just listen to these two interruptions right here um, what has happened after the these interruptions I mean my wife and I met I would have never went to Chi Alpha if it wasn't for Ben and Dina um, my my wife probably never would have went to Chi Alpha um, so we, we would have probably never met it's just it's crazy you know the podcast would not be here. Uh, it's just it's wild to think. I mean, it's insane. Yeah. Um,
2: Thank you, Jesus, for <laughs> working in the interruptions.
1: He does. He works in all the interruptions. And um, if you listen to the Real Friends podcast, which now, if you look on Apple, in the suggested podcast <laughs> for us, it's now Real Friends, um, because I think we've mentioned it enough. <laughs> like every episode <laughs> so the real friends podcast have you listened to episode two um it is love myself which i'm pretty proud to say that it is the still the ranking number one <laughs> most listened That's to because
0: you keep going back and listening to it
2: <laughs> <laughs> i will say in hunter's defense man that episode was fire it was good. i listened to that thing and then by the end of it i was crying like a little small child
1: now actually um I did pay to sponsor that through our Walter <laughs> podcast. Uh, see, it's, <laughs> not so, out. it's not so It's not so far fetched that if I had written the Gospel of Ben, I would have talked about myself more. <laughs> um, but so, if I'm not going to share every detail of this interruption, you can go back and listen to that and help our uh, friends at Real Life Community Church out through the, at the Real Friends podcast. Um, but normal pregnancy that we was going to have with our first daughter uh, Lily, and we talk about her all the time. Uh, um, She's so cute. <laughs> She is. She was like, you're going to football practice and then going to Ben's house for the podcast? I, was like, <laughs> I love her. I was like, no, we're going to church for the podcast. She goes, oh, I want to go to nursery. <laughs> <laughs> um, but no, so, yeah, I can go off on that tangent. Um, through this normal pregnancy and all that good stuff, we had planned, you know, we're going to go and have a baby and come home. Right, So that's not exactly what happened. I mean, it did happen that way, but <laughs> just for anybody who's freaking out, I don't have a zombie baby. <laughs> <laughs> um, but a lot of things was going on in my life at the moment. Um, I was not technically employed at the church. I kind of was stepping down for a minute, and just a lot of it was going on in my life. My parents were getting di- already were divorced, and one set of my parents have already married somebody else, and the other one was in a serious relationship, and this was soon after... The divorce. I mean, so everything was kind of moving very fast. I was newly married. Um I just got married in September. Um and this was the very next August. So this was just less, a little less than a year. Um so a lot of things was going on in my life and I was very bitter with God at the time because just because of the divorce and just I was yeah, I was a, very angry. Um so we go to the hospital because it's my wife's induction date and Walk in. Everything seems to be normal and okay. Her blood pressure is running a little high. No big deal. Um, Go to the, the... She starts to push and... Everything seems okay. The heartbeat is dropping every time the push-ins, but the doctor doesn't seem to be too worried. So I'm one of those people, if I don't know much about a subject, I ask a thousand questions. But when your wife's screaming in pain and there's a (laughs) doctor there, like, trying to catch her baby. Not the time to ask questions. Not the time to ask questions. So I just kind of look at his face and to see if he freaks out, then I'll freak out, right? That's the kind of mentality I have. I'm kind of like a child, you know. Children don't freak out until their parents usually freak out. Kind of how I was in that situation. So, the, uh, uh, getting really close, okay, not trying to use uh, graphic language here for the uh, (laughs) birth of my child, (laughs) but getting really close for uh, Lily to be born, and the doctor has this look on his face, he looks at the screen, and he's like, with every contraction, I'm losing the heartbeat, and then it's coming back. So, he's like, we need to speed this up. Um, And the final push comes. Here comes the baby, right? She's facing the wrong way. She's like, so you know, their heads are supposed to face down. She's actually facing up, right? Her face is towards the ceiling. It's supposed to be towards the floor. Um, so it makes it a little bit more difficult. And she comes out, and I, they're really rough on hard time, or first-time dads. They make you just get down with, and see everything, and the shining glory of that. And I'm sitting there, and I see my baby's eyes for the first time, and they are dead, dead eyes um I've, I've never i've seen dead bodies but that was the first one i've ever had like staring at me in, in the eyes and i was like this is cold a dead body just pop out um and the doctor has her and they throw her on jessica's chest and they smack her around <laughs> around a couple times and um nothing so they take her from her and they like choke slam her on this table like fling and, like this metal little table and i'm like oh that's my baby <laughs> and nothing I mean, so we're we're going on minutes after minutes. And uh, my mom is a nurse practitioner, and she's in the room, and she jets out of the room. She's like, nope, can't do this. She was a trauma nurse at UK for Pete's sake, and mm-hmm. she's like, I can't handle this. And so I know with, with, with the doctor freaking out, with my mom just leaving out of the room, something is bad wrong. And they're over there doing little mini chest compressions, and my wife doesn't really hardly know what's going on. Her mom is just like, what is going on? And the nurse turns and lo- looks at me, and she says, you need to pray. Mm-hmm. I'm like and in my head. I'm like this is the, not the time to have a mini conversation in my head. Right. Um I'm like I can't pray right now. Like what what I do mean, I this have this is supposed to, say? to be like one
0: of the happiest <clears throat> moments right now. Right.
1: And what what do I have to say? Like I have not had a conversation with this man in 6 months. Like with God. And now I want to like call upon his throne room. And she kind of turned her back around looking at me like you don't think I'm serious? You need to pray cuz like your baby's dead. Mhm. Uh, and so I pray I get on my knees and I pray and I say God I don't I don't know what to say I said I'm sorry for uh, <clears throat> living my life in the last six months eight months the way I have it's not been for you um, and I apologize and I, and I repent and I want and I'm coming back to you mm-hmm. uh, no matter what happens life or death in this moment my daughter lives or she dies I'll worship you as God to the day I die, and in that moment, if you ever played like a Call of Duty game or a first-person shooter game, you get like a flashbang, right? You and your screen turns white, and the it's a loud pitch, like you can't really hear anything. That's kind of what happened in the room. Uh, I just like I can't really hardly really see anything, and the the sound kind of zones out, and your my ears are kind of ringing, and you can literally hear the footsteps of God. In the room, mm. and he is taking steps, and he comes over to the bed. Uh, I don't care if you. Be- I'm like Ben. I don't care if you believe in the stuff or not. I'm telling you what happened. Yeah. Um. He literally came over to the bed, and I can't look at him. Uh, I feel like I have an Adam and Eve moment where they hide behind the bush, and he's calling out your name, and you won't answer. Yeah. Um. So I'm, my head's down on the bed, and you can feel the presence of God as I'm praying this, and I, I just keep saying that no matter what happens, you know, life or death. I will honor you as God, and I will serve you to the day I die. And after about the felt like the millionth time I said that, he you could feel the gosh the train of his robe just kind of like this wind. kind of like he walks away from me, and he walks over to the baby, and he doesn't. It doesn't feel like he's over there at thirty seconds. And next thing you know, a snap of a finger, she's she's breathing. Everything's fine. The doctor's like, we have a heartbeat. Hmm they the pediatricians come in everything seems okay and they take her to 5000 tests on her that I'm still paying the bill for her. <laughs> and praise the lord um, they say there is no sign of anything ever happening and we'll never know why and she'll not have long lasting effects we will we'll never understand what happened mm. and that nurse looked at me and she said the only way it could be is a miracle yeah and what was that what was the interruption to drive me to repentance, yeah. And people's like, "Well, God wouldn't do that." No, God will do that. Mm-hmm. Uh, God will, God will break through these these moments. He'll interrupt your life for what to do exactly what He did to Matthew. Call you, yeah. hey, you're not you're not doing you're not living right. Follow me.
2: Yeah. Can I ask you a question about that?
1: Buddy, I'm all ears.
2: So I had a I had a conversation with someone and. And they actually called. They said, "They said, man, God must be so mean." Like they were talking about the story of, of Abraham um, when he is called to sacrifice Isaac on the mountain. And he, they said, "Wow, God must be so mean to tell Abraham to take his child up on the mountain to sacrifice his child, and then wait till the very last moment to stop him." You know, imagine all the emotions he had to go through and all the things. I'm not saying you had one of those moments, but you kind of did in some mm-hmm. ways. Would you say it was worth it?
1: Oh, 100%. Um, <clears throat> to to kind of round on all points of that question, if my, if my daughter would have died, God is still just. God is still merciful, and God is still God. And the prayer that I, I prayed is true. No matter what would have happened, life or death, I would have honored him and worshipped him because he is God and he is worthy of such. Abraham had that same prayer or kind of had that same moment. No matter what, if you make me sacrifice my child or not, you are still the just and righteous king, and I will do as you say because you are just and righteous. Now, if I would have walked up to Abraham and said, hey, go sacrifice Isaac, Abraham would be like, who are you? Right. Uh, But because it's the king and he is righteous and just, and no matter what he does, who am I to say you are unjust? Uh, I get I take that from a Romans nine reference when it talks about, hey, you know like these these things that like is God unjust in some of these things that we're talking about here, and Paul says, Who do you think you are? right and who do you think you are to even ask that question? That's how Paul answers their question, Who do you think you are to say this?' because does the does the potter not have right over the clay? So like in all these moments does the does the potter not have right to do what he needs to do? Um I would say that he is just, he is king, he is god. And if you are struggling with that today, if if your child just died or if a family member just died and you're like, "Why God, why?" like I understand that the heartbroken is real, and we're we're here with you. Yeah, we, have we all we mourn with you. Yeah, we have all had situations where close family members die, unexpectedly and even expectedly, and they still hurt. Um, but God is God, and you have to trust and, and and believe that He knows what He's doing. And there's things out there, man, like how can how can all these babies get aborted and all these things that I I'm, that boggle my mind. Um, and you're just like. I trust in God. I don't have answers to all these questions. I trust in God, and I know that he knows what he's doing. Yeah. No matter what, no matter if another another epidemic comes about and, and 40 million people die, God knows what he's doing. And I am not going to be the one to stress about it at the end because God works in the interruptions. If it interrupts our daily life, God is there and he's moving. Yeah. Just trust in him. Yeah. That's all you have to do. Yep. That's all you got to do. Ben. Now, tell us about the last 10%. percent What's what's hone all this in.
2: Yeah, last 10%. So, for me, uh, when I think about the interruptions, I think about, and I talk about this one all the time, I think about Habakkuk. Habakkuk is a minor prophet. It's, he he wrote a book. It's three chapters long in the Bible. It's there towards the end before you get to uh, the New Testament and the Old Testament. And in it, he says, why are all of these bad things happening? Why does it seem like I cry out to you and you don't answer? And God answers him and he says, hey, he said, I'm doing a work in your day that you wouldn't understand if I explained it to you. And the work that he's talking about, he's talking about Jesus, who is about to come to the Jewish people. Now, Habakkuk is writing hundreds of years before Jesus comes on the scene, and yet that's no time with God. And God is saying, look, I am doing something. I am bringing my son into the world to change the very existence of people, the very eternity that they claim to know how to attain, but they don't. And so, when we talk about the the bad things, when we talk about the floods and the natural disasters and the 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 child who came out dead and then the Lord brought it back, we we can't understand why every bad thing happens. We can't understand why every interruption happens in our own lives. But what we can't understand is this: the Lord sent His Son Jesus to die for us so that we could have life. And he will send Jesus again one day to completely change everything that we see. People have this question, why does the Lord not intervene and stop all of the evils that happen in the world? I don't have that answer, but I know this. One day Jesus is going to come back, and he's going to take everything that we see about the world. And he's going to take over, and he's going to reign. And when he does, there's no more suffering. There's no more pain. There's no more, you know, whatever's. No more natural disasters. No, the Lord will change it and make it right. And so for me, the last 10% is the interruptions may come and they may be terribly, terribly unpleasant. But at the end of the day, as you said, God is God. And I just have to trust that he is going to make it right, whether it's in this life or when I go to be with him and he comes again one day, whatever the case may be, he will come again and he will change this world into what it was supposed to be originally.
1: Yeah, and just like the episode 10 was supposed to be on worship, we wanted to worship God in episode 10 and all those things. Just like that, the interruption happened, and I feel like God has totally taken this podcast to the next level with saying, hey, I work in interruptions. I don't know, probably somebody, I don't care if one person or 5,000 people listen to this. I hope the one and I pray the one who listens to this needs to know that no matter what you're going through, no matter how big your life feels like you're interrupted at the moment, God works in these things. And we're going to use the scripture to tell you how.
0: And you can't like constantly be worried about, you know, when my, when is my next big interruption or when something bad is going to happen. What's one of the most uh, repeated phrases in the Bible? Don't be angry. Anxious, I was going to say
2: amen, but okay. <laughs>
0: <laughs>
2: oh, Dana's right. One of, the, one of the biggest commands that God gives over and you know, over and, and
0: that's over. like one of the hardest things is to take everything that like is on your mind and just literally just place it in God's hands and be like, there's something so much bigger than just like what I'm thinking. Like this is all for your will.
1: And And when we wrap our minds around that, it's not my life anymore. Myself gets crucified daily, as Luke says. I crucify myself with Christ daily. And when, when we get that through our peewee-sized brains, um, and as I said in the Bible study, I want to stop being stupid sheep <laughs> <laughs> just to make Ben laugh. Um, but once we get that through our, our, our brains here, we really have to just say, hey, my life is not my own. And there's a song that says that, and I know both of you are like just <laughs> dying to sing it. <laughs> but before we do that, it is now time. Hunter's Random Question. Oh, yeah. And the segment, I'm sad to say, dies after this episode. It'll come back. It will come back. Something's
0: but, coming. You you all just don't know it yet, but something else is coming.
1: Right. So we want to have uh, uh, seasons. In the show, to where the endings does change, so it's just not monotonous.
0: Yeah, there'll be something fun.
1: But for the last, for the last Hunter's random question uh, of now, <laughs> Hunter's random question. It was an interruption. <laughs> <laughs> Shut up, Ben. <laughs> <laughs> I want to know what is one thing that you'll never do again. Oh. <laughs> And and you know what the the joy of of these random questions are? You two think I'm talking to the people, my people, as Ben says, <laughs> your fans. Um, yeah. If you're not my fan, don't listen. Uh, um, I have Zimbabwe fans. Okay, I don't know who is listening in Zimbabwe, <laughs> but I claim you. <laughs> um, we love you, buddy. Um, so I have uh, thoroughly enjoyed. Random question because there's only been one out of the 10 that they have known beforehand and that was the one of who like if there was a pastor you could have listened to like in person who would it have been um that was the only one i talked to them about beforehand but they have truly not known about any of the questions that i've asked and it has been great to see some of the looks on their faces when i ask them
0: Well, one of them that comes to my mind that, like, because, I mean, there's lots of things that I would probably never, ever do again. But one of them that, like, terrified me was the time that we followed you to Florida. And (laughs) (laughs) and (laughs) we may have been going speeds that were way (laughs) well above the speed limit (laughs) through the mountains of Tennessee down these little windy interstate roads, and it's foggy, and it's nighttime, and there was still quite a bit of traffic. And, like, Hunter always talked about how slow Hunter drives, and I'm like, we are not (laughs) driving slow right now. Like, this is pushing the limit, like, because I'm such a rule follower. Like, I know. They keep teasing me that I keep peeking in the microphone, so...
2: When Danny gets passionate, buddy, she go yell.
1: <laughs> <laughs> she
2: to tell you about it.
1: Now, to my defense in this, we was in the mountains of North Carolina. Um, and Same it,
0: difference. It's <laughs> in the south. And it's
1: <laughs> <laughs> now, sorry, North Carolina. Yeah, man. Like we're about to lose videos on this <laughs> one. Uh, and we are driving to my for my mom's wedding. We're traveling. Ben officiated my mom's wedding, um, and they're following me. And Ben's sleeping because he's Ben. Yeah, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> and Dina's following me. Now I'm following my brother. So I'm I'm chasing him down because I don't know where I'm going. And I'm not about to get lost <laughs> in the mountains of North Carolina. So I'm
0: And I'm fairly confident in my travel skills that I will get there eventually. Like eh.
1: So we lose, Dina.
0: Because I'm not living that lifestyle. And I'm really glad that I didn't follow you all because later down the road there was a wreck on the interstate and I would have been in the wrong lane and probably would have came up on them uh and and made a bad decision so
1: yeah so that's an interruption that was actually great right. yeah
0: <laughs> and so hunter so, eventually so calls and he's like where are you and i'm like not behind you <laughs> like so are you
1: saying that you would never
0: travel with us again i would but i would be in the front <laughs> we would get there in three days no, we wouldn't.
2: <laughs> or we would just join you at our leisure. Okay. <laughs> that's how we roll.
0: We would get there at the appropriate interstate speed level. <laughs>
1: yeah. So, so you're saying that you only drive 70 on the interstate? Yes. That is so crap. <laughs>
0: <laughs> you can ask Ben.
2: She pretty well Well,
0: does. okay. So, you know, the right lane, which is the slow lane, that's like, okay, if the speed limit is 70, that's your 65 to 70 people. And then around Berea, it's 55. But <laughs> that's what it feels like sometimes. And then the middle lane is your 70 to 75, maybe 80 if you get close to, like, Lexington or something. And then the people who are in the left lane, they're the rich people who have speeding money. And I just don't have speeding money. <laughs> yeah. <Like> <laughs> <laughs> oh
1: my God. I ain't rich
2: enough to speed, Hunter.
1: <laughs> I'm not either, but I'm willing to risk it. <laughs> um. God, that, that, we could go on that forever. Yep. Ben, yep. something that you would never do again. If it's following me driving, I'm going to have to get upset. <laughs> <laughs> it's,
2: it's taking you to k on and listen. You yell every time somebody gets off the interstate close to me. You're like, oh, my gosh. No. Um, ben did, does scare me when you drive sometimes. Which is, anyway. Um, no, for me. So when Dean and I got married, we went on a honeymoon to Cancun. It was awesome. Greatest thing, greatest trip, except... I did not understand.
0: He had never been out of the country before.
2: I did not. I had not. No, I had not. And uh, I did not understand how to use... I've been on public buses in America. <laughs> I did not understand how to use public buses <laughs> and in And he's Mexico. from Kentucky.
0: So he wanted to talk to everybody. <laughs> I did, and, some, Which is okay. But some countries are not quite like that.
2: Well, I, I did think there was some common courtesy that did not <laughs> happen there. So I get on a bus <laughs> and... <laughs> god bless us everyone (laughs) um
0: we were my money in and i sat down
2: (laughs) we were going down the road to the mall actually i think we were going to they called it the black market but it wasn't like they weren't selling kidneys there like it was just you know it was like (laughs) yeah and
0: like to us we were like so how far away is this and down in the (laughs) like lobby area they were like oh it's really far and we were like well how far is it and they're like four blocks and we're like Oh, no, they didn't.
2: They didn't tell us it was four blocks. They said you're going to want to take some kind of transportation, and I, I mean, was no, like,
0: granted. And then they pulled sometimes up. you know you travel to new places and it could be a little dangerous, I guess. But yeah, like. they
2: said you're going to want to take some some com, some kind of transportation, and then they pulled out the bus map and they handed it to me. So I'm like, okay, I'm going to ride the bus. I'm like, how much is it? They tell me any pesos. I'm ready to go. Like I got my pesos in my pocket, and so. I counted it out for Dina and I for the trip there and the trip back. We get on the bus. Dina gives them their pesos. I have one of those brain fart moments, you know, like when you got dressed this morning. Like, I have one of those. I'm just kidding. (laughs) (laughs) The hunter's looking at me like, what is wrong with you? I have one of those brain fart moments, though, and I get on the bus, and for some reason I think Dina paid the cost for me to get on the bus and for her to get on the bus. When I only handed her enough for her to ride there and back. So I get on the bus and the guy's like smacking the thing and I don't understand what he's doing like he's smacking the money thing so I can put my money in and I'm like sir what do you mean and he's like smack smack and I finally realized oh I was like did she not pay for me and he's like no you pay and so like I get my money out and I put it in the thing and at this point the dude's mad at me because I'm I'm holding up his bus route <laughs> And so I thought he would at least give me enough time to turn around and grab a hold of like the handle so that I can get back, like and ben not
0: puts the money in and he just like jets. and
2: like... the dude smacks the the fuel pedal and just pulls out into traffic
0: and, and the, I go that fly... poor couple that bitch is like landed into yeah
2: I mean it was like like this middle aged couple and I go flying into them and I'm a big dude if y'all have seen the pictures of me I'm not small <laughs> and so I take them out then I'm like so sorry and they're just like looking at me and like you know they don't speak English probably and so like. I like get make my way around them, and like I am, he's and he's like pulling through traffic, and he's like, Arr! you know, like he's like the race car driver of bus drivers, and so I'm like falling into people and <laughs> and everything, and I finally get back to my like where Dina's sitting, and I slide into the seat beside her, and he stops, and that's our stop. So it was literally four blocks from the hotel to the market. <laughs> And so I slide into the seat, and Dina's like, this is where we get off. <laughs> and so I'm like, I'm so sorry to so all these people that I had just fallen into. I'm like,
0: please. And so then he squeezed by me. all these people again. <laughs> <laughs> and he's like, please don't pull away. And I'm like,
2: this is our stuff. And so I make my way back through the crowd, and the dude's looking at me like, seriously? That's all the ride that you needed? And I, and like the people behind me are thinking the same thing. And so I, like, I crawl off the bus. Literally, I about fall out of the thing because I'm like, please just get me <laughs> off this bus <laughs> before he pulls away.
0: <laughs> the bus pulls away and Ben looks at me and goes, we're walking back. There is no way I'm doing that again. I will
2: never. I mean, I'm not saying I'll never ride a bus in Mexico again, <laughs> but I will never not make sure that it's not like four blocks away. Well,
0: we did have to ride it a bus later it in the week because we did that like pirate dinner cruise thing. That w-
2: that, w- that, w- that went much better, and it was okay. <laughs> But I will from now on. Number one, I will make sure that I pay my fare that I need to pay as quickly as possible. And number two, that if it is four blocks away, I will walk, and it will be fine.
1: Ben played ping. uh, What is it? uh, Pinball. He was the pinball. I was the pinball on a Mexican bus, buddy. Ole. That is beautiful. For me, I will never, ever go deep sea fishing again.
2: Were you one of those people that was thrown up over the side? The no, time?
1: but, oh, buddy, it took every ounce of concentration I had mm. to not vomit everywhere. Yeah. So, my stepdad paid for all of us to go on this boat ride and go deep sea fishing. Now, I, my name's Hunter, but I don't necessarily like to hunt. I enjoy fishing. <laughs> um, and because I can talk <laughs> <laughs> while we're fishing. Surprise, <laughs> <laughs> surprise. Um, and so. We're we're fishing and I feel great. I catch the very first shark um, that that is of the day, and so um, and then my pole's dead the rest of the day. And it's hot. We're on this boat, and I am wearing a Carhartt shirt. Shouldn't have done that. That I was. A, I don't sweat very bad, but I was sweating. I was sweating like Ben sweats, <laughs> um, sitting in air conditioning. <laughs> um, and I am just. Uh. So my nephew gets so sick that he's like in the fetal position. And so bad that they drive him back. Um, and on the, the, I was fine when we were just sitting there. But so when we go back, okay. I was like, I, I can see how people would get sick out here. On the b- b- ride back out from dropping him off, um, I was like, oh no. <laughs> oh no. And I'm sitting about in front of the boat and I'm kind of just laying there. I'm dumping water on myself. And I'm staring at this cooler that this guy has. I'm staring at the ruler on it. And I'm, like, just focusing on one number. And I'm, like, 24, 24, 24. And the boat's are swinging back. And so, my brother finally catches. My brother's jumping around this boat like he is Lieutenant Dan with no legs. Like, (laughs) he's just swinging around. And he is, like, helping this guy all out. And he catches the net shark. And I'm, like, okay, there's one down. I am not going to tell them I want to turn back with my stepdad, who just paid $500 to send us on this boat ride. He hasn't caught anything. I am not going to be that guy. But I'm sitting there and an hour ticks by, hour ticks by and I'm like I'm about to be this guy cuz I and I'm like okay. All right. Jesus just touched the water of the sea and it calmed. So I'll reach over and I touch the water and I swear it got worse. <laughs> and so I'm laying there. My brother has a selfie of him and uh, when hopefully when this episode airs, I'll remember to post this selfie. And he is like all smiles and I am like laid out. Looks like I'm just passed out on this boat. And I'm not. I am praying to God to please rescue me, teleport me to you land. Did not have the faith. No. <laughs> and I was like, just teleport me to the land. And. Uh, finally this little bell rung and like my stepdad's uh uh fishing pole hit and he caught this shark and he is like it's a big old thing it's like four foot five foot long and he's holding it and he like smiles and they take his picture and he throws it over the side of the boat and he vomits everywhere (laughs) and i'm like well now that that's done i think it's time for us to go back and so everybody's like yep i think so and i'm like praising the lord (laughs) I step on dry land; it go all symptoms subside immediately. Huh. I'm like, "What?" So I will never, ever, ever. I haven't been on a boat since. I haven't been to the lake. <laughs> I haven't been to nothing. My dad owns a boat, okay, and I've not been to the lake. He asked me to go to the lake, and I'm like, "No, heck, no, hmm. never." I'm I'm like, "Oh yeah, buddy. I'd much rather have died on the Titanic than ever go deep sea fishing again." <laughs> so. There that, you go. Is, that is something I'll never ever do.
2: So, ladies and gentlemen, if you'd like to send Hunter Deep Sea fishing gift cards... <laughs> <laughs>
0: or uh, send Ben uh, on trips to Mexico. Yeah, <laughs>
1: yeah. If, so for Ben's birthday, we're gonna buy him bus fare in Mexico. <laughs> well, can, he
0: knows how to get on the bus in Mexico. Maybe he should travel to like Europe now. Oh my!
1: And and I'll, I can, y'all can send me deep sea fishing, but I'll sell those tickets on eBay. You, <laughs>
2: you give me your deep sea fishing tickets, and I'll give you my bus fares.
1: Awesome! <laughs> I can't fit on buses. I'm six foot eight. Well, that's that's true. I can't fit on airplanes either. <laughs> <but> <laughs> so, in all this greatness. And, um, Hunter's Random Question is going to uh, end and, and I'm sure we will re-unveil uh, with Alex Kennedy our next uh, little ending segment it's going to be fun
0: you guys are in for a real treat next week
1: and
2: because Dean is in charge of it yeah
1: uh, am I? Uh, yeah. Okay. yeah but I mean how would you be telling us that we're in for a treat because I don't know what it is <laughs> I'm well, just hoping that they're in for I mean, a treat I
0: have met him several times now and he's he's got such an incredible message oh yeah
2: he's the bomb I'm so excited and, yes. by the way, just so you know, he is Team Ben.
0: Yeah, he you did say that. What? Well,
2: yeah, he said that. He's Team Ben. Well. He's one of my fans, guys.
0: He'll be okay, I guess, <laughs> like, if we have to listen to him, I guess. So
2: I mean, he obviously loves you by default because he loves me.
1: Well, so that means he just hates me. Um, it's <laughs> fine. It's fine. You know what? I have other great listeners out there like my mom. She loves me. <laughs> my wife. She loves me. <laughs> 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 depending on the day <laughs> yeah but depending on the day <laughs> Lily she loves me I don't
0: know have you played <laughs> games she's with Jessica cute. she's uh, team Dina that's not That's not.
1: alright you know what before I get upset <laughs> guys <laughs> thank you so much for listening to the altered podcast yep. on anchor.fm uh, there is a support tab there if you want to support us monthly if you like what we're doing please do that it helps us fund uh, equipment and help bring guests back on uh, like Alex Kennedy was in Louisville we're gonna help him out by getting here gas is not cheap uh, thanks uh, oil prices and things like that so it helps us, us get guests here it helps us buy podcast equipment so if you want to do that feel free uh, if not we just hate you no it's fine we're just kidding <laughs> we still love you um, but thank you for listening to the Altered Podcast
0: Thank you for listening to the Altered Podcast be sure to listen next week for a brand new episode also Be sure to connect with us on the Altered Podcast Facebook page for updates and other cool content. See you next week!